Life Audio. Just ahead on Encouragement for You, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin talk about expectations in relationships, and Christian therapist Brad Fairchild explores the issue of trust. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. How we manage our expectations in relationships is the key to how successful those relationships will be. On this episode of Encouragement for You, we will learn from Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley as they discuss how to manage our expectations well. Aaron, let me ask you, which of those two is more difficult, sibling relationships or in-law relationships? I would say right now, we've been, my family has been through so much with um, losing my mom and having mm. her go to be with the Lord. Right that it's been very, it's been actually both, but I would say the most challenging has been with my brother. I have one brother, and it's been all the emotions that you feel Mm -hmm. in the midst of losing our mother, who was just the hub of our family. It has been very stressful between the two of us Mm -hmm. in trying to negotiate with my dad moving out here Mm. and uh, my mom's belongings and finances and all that. It's been very stressful. So I would say right now uh, the sibling probably has been a little bit on the higher than the mm. in-laws. Uh, now, Greg and the Smalley family, there are probably no sibling issues and no in-law issues either one. That's because none of us talk to each other. There had to be an explanation. It's when you just yeah. don't talk. had to be an explanation for that. <laughs> you know, we actually, you know, I think that we've always been pretty transparent. And, you know, what? our, our family is no different than any others and that we, we deal with stuff you know, all the time. And, and, and when I think about both in-law relationships, my relationships with my parents is now adult to adult, but even my siblings, you know, Don, one of the, one of the key words, and I think it's so important that we talk about it, is really, it, it, I think in many ways it boils down to expectations. Mm, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we have so many expectations for, for our family members, extended, immediate siblings, I mean, whatever, you know, they should always be there to support us. You know, they should never question our behavior. They mm-hmm. should welcome everyone, you know, connected to us. Mm-hmm. And and I think that 
that when those expectations and obviously when those go unfulfilled, then it creates so much frustration. And then we can jump right back into just the, the, the old ways of behaving. You know, I think one of the greatest myths out there, and we hear this from people all the time, is that, you know, my siblings, my family and I should be able to put our childhood differences behind us and move on. Mm. And that's just not reality because those systems are so strong and it's so easy for us to get pulled back in. And so I think it's so important for us to think about what are some of our expectations. Because, again, the problem with expectations is that most oftentimes it's not that, that they're even unrealistic. I think the bigger issue is they're often unspoken. Mm. Yeah. No one mm. knows what they are. See, if I have an expectation of Aaron and, and, and yet I don't verbalize that, it's completely unreasonable until I have a chance to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, w- w- this is kind of what I was hoping for. This is what I'd like. What do you think? And then give her a chance to, to shape that in terms of what is realistic and that's when then we we can agree. But Don, as you know, we don't we don't really do that with our family. We've got all these expectations, and no one's talking about them. You know, I'm having a flashback here, Greg, to a program years ago I did with your dad. Are you going to start crying? Uh, almost. Okay. <laughs> he brought up the subject of expectations. We were talking about burnout, and and a book I'd written with Frank Menrith years and years ago, How to Beat Burnout. And yeah. your dad had zeroed in on something that we had included in there. That one of the key reasons people burn out is expectations. And I mean. You know, we had he took the program in a whole different direction, and it was just phenomenal because it opened up, you could say, a can of worms, but it opened up what was the real key in a lot of people's lives. A lot of the reasons people burn out are the same reasons people fail and crash and burn in relationships, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, expectations. And I, to be honest, Greg, I didn't expect us to go in the direction of expectations tonight, <laughs> but once again, I've been pleasantly surprised and reminded of how important that is. I think in any relationship, and this is probably true in marriages as well, we have expectations. The expectations are unspoken. Husbands expect their wives to be frugal and take care of all the responsibilities at home and always be romantic and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, wives expect their husbands to always be understanding, to always be able to read their wives' minds and know exactly what they're thinking and why and never offer advice, even though we husbands know that offering advice is the real answer that exactly. women need. Fixing, yeah. fixing everything. Yeah. Just and, fix it. Yeah. And, and again, when it comes to relationships, I think there's probably one other, other factor that enters this, and that's bitterness and unforgiveness. Talk a little bit, if you will, Aaron, about how unfulfilled expectations in these two areas can lead to bitterness and unforgiveness. Well, you know, the bottom line, Don, is that you end up just being disappointed Because your expectation is that you're not going to have mixed feelings towards your in-laws or your siblings. And it's just, it's you know, if you can actualize that really you're going to have resentments, you're going to have mixed feelings, you're going to have emotional baggage that are all tied to your family, to your in-laws, siblings. I mean, those relationships run deep. And if you just actually accept that no 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 one's family is normal, we all have quirks. We all have idiosyncratic behaviors that run through our families. And really realizing that our, if our expectation is that it's always going to be perfect, that it's there, you're not going to have these feelings, you're going to end up disappointed. Hmm. So if you can pinpoint that expectation and realize that this is reality, that there are going to be these times that are hard, and walking through them, communicating about it, and walking hmm. toward forgiveness. You know, because Don... Kind of what, 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 to take even further what Aaron's saying, 
I think one of the best gifts that we can give our family, our siblings, our in-laws is, is the gift of keeping short accounts. Oh, yes. Because, you know, stuff is going to happen. We're going to get let down. Things are going to surprise us. We're not going to get what we want. Those expectations will go unfulfilled. And, and, and Don, to your point, I mean, this stuff is going to happen. And, if, and our expectation should be that we are going to get disappointed. But if we agree to say, you know, I'm going to give you a gift that when I'm hurting, when I'm frustrated, when I'm upset, when I'm disappointed, that, you know, let, let's, let's talk it through. You know, and that's not always easy. And we can talk about how to communicate better with each other. Mm. But I tell you, don't you think it's such an amazing gift when people Mm. keep short accounts? Oh, it certainly is. And again, this is an area where many of us uh, would give lip service to it, but uh, fulfilling that, uh, keeping short accounts, Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, Mm. this is absolutely critical. Uh, But let's uh, see if we can put a solution on this thing, Greg, and, and take a look at how do we rebuild um, first of all, cranking down the expectations, and secondly, cranking up the communication. You know, l- let me talk first about expectations. To make this, I, I think the key, and in, in really to make it simple, is that one, understand that, that if we put a desire out or a hope out, a, a wish of some sort, which is really another way to say expectation, that no has to be an acceptable ar- alternative. Hmm. Otherwise, it's a demand. Yeah. And let's just be honest. I mean, if honestly, if I'm putting something out there and really knows not an acceptable response, then it's it's not a hope, it's a demand. And, and so that's part of how we can evaluate. But then, you know, Don, I think it's important to literally give our expectations air. In other words, put them out there, let them breathe, talk about it, be honest with yourself, this is what I'm expecting, and then send that to the other person so that they can have a chance to shape that in terms of to what's realistic. So I think if we verbalize it to them and then let them shape it, mm. no be an acceptable alternative, then I think that's the best way to deal with an expectation. Mm. And that should crank those expectations down to a more reasonable level. Absolutely. And, and but the trick, though, is that we've got to be honest and in, in mm. aware and in, in, yeah. in allow us to, to verbalize what yeah. we're really wanting. Yeah, and it's back to that Ephesians 4.15, that speaking the truth in love. And that brings us to the subject of the bitterness, the resentment, those kinds of things. Aaron, how do we deal with that? I mean, you know, it's real easy to say, yes, we should forgive, and Jesus forgave us. But how how do we translate that into those sticky in-law and sibling situations? You know, a lot of that will come down to, I think, in the midst of that, we're going to think that we can change the other person, that we can change their behavior, we can change who they are. And the bottom line, the only person that we have the power to change is ourselves. And so really accepting that you can work on you, you can focus on you, but once you start focusing and trying to manipulate and change the other person, it's going to do you no good. You know, and and Don, to add to that, I think in terms of forgiveness, I think with an ongoing thing that that we can do really simple is is to give each other the benefit of the doubt. So often... Hmm. We're so sensitive, and our buttons can be so easily pushed yeah. by our in-laws, siblings, our adult parents, that if we, if we practice the, the, the everyday of just giving people the benefit of the doubt, okay, they just wrote this in an email, or they just left this message, or I heard this from one of my, you know, from my brother about my dad or whatever, if we just say, you know, 
although this has happened before, I'm pretty sure that this is what he meant. You know, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. and, and so I'll check it out. Yeah. And so I think if our attitude is, is, is give each other the benefit of the doubt, man. And with that, asking those questions, becoming great at asking the question. Mm-hmm. I had an interaction with someone the other day and thought maybe I had said something that offended them, and so we were on the phone and talking, and finally the very wise man, my dear friend, mm-hmm. said, you know, Aaron, ask me a question. What do you want to know? And I said, mm-hmm. when I said this, did it offend you? And he said, no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Wow. And and he really opened the door for you to clear the air, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden things in the relationship were no longer strained. And oh, what a marvelous thing that is. And I'll tell you what, Don, watching what my wife did, though, is that she decided to keep a short account. Mm-hmm. The yeah. moment that she, she misunderstood this and it just hit her wrong, Instead of letting that brood, and instead of stuffing that, let it percolate, she 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 went to him that very day, yeah. w- which I so admire. Yeah, what a tremendous example for us all, and a reminder that we're told to agree with our adversary quickly. We're told to confront our brother when you love somebody, you confront them. Leviticus nineteen talks about that. Lots of scripture backing up these great concepts. We'll be back with more right after this. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Trust can be difficult, especially if we have experienced pain or abuse in the past. Host Don Hawkins and therapist Brad Fairchild provide helpful insights on how we can establish trust in relationships. Brad, let's get down to business and talking about trust. What do we mean by trust? And, um, you know, uh, what happens if we don't trust? Uh, talk to us a little bit about this topic. Well, you know, trust is has a lot to do with faith, a whole, whole lot to do with believing in someone. Certainly we want to start that foundationally with our trust in God. But th- then trusting people, can I trust you with my heart? Uh, are you trustworthy? Are you a trustworthy person? Uh, and when we, when we initially get to know somebody and we start moving towards, okay, this may become a close or intimate friend, 
that's one of the questions that we ought to automatically be asking ourselves. Can I tell a quick story? Please do. Um, when I was, and, and let me just build a little on this, and that is that oftentimes we don't learn growing up in our families, we are not taught by our parents what does it mean, who's trustworthy, who's not trustworthy, how mm-hmm. can you tell if a person is trustworthy. So maybe we're too trusting or maybe we're not trusting enough. Exactly. Gotcha. And we weren't taught. Mm-hmm. And I remember being probably 10 years old, that's 32 years ago, and my mom was talking to my big brother, he's five years older than me, and they were talking about a situation with some of his friends, and this one friend was bad-mouthing another friend to my brother. So I, I remember mom said, now, if this person will talk bad about your other friend to you, then this person will talk bad about you to someone else. Yeah. And I, that stuck. I mean, I, I, you know, if I hear someone talking bad about somebody, I think, okay. Yeah. They will mm-hmm. They will just as easily talk bad about me. And I can't say, well, oh, but this is different, and we're close, and they really love me, and they're committed to me, and they're loyal to me. No, nope. it's a character issue. They're trashing somebody to me. Then, hey, I'm, they may be upset at me next week, and they may trash me to somebody else. So that tells me, okay, untrustworthy person, I can't yeah. trust that person. One of the signs of an untrustworthy person, are they a talebearer? Are they somebody who's a trash talker? Are they somebody who puts another person down uh, in your hearing and they take you into their confidence to do so? Because next week they may take someone else into their confidence to put you down and don't think for a minute they won't do it. You know, one of the neat things about this, Brad, is we draw these contrasts and look at what is an untrustworthy person. Uh, we can see a stark contrast with our trustworthy God. God never badmouths us. God never puts us down. He loves us unconditionally. He extends his grace toward us even when we've blown it, even when we failed miserably. And, uh, you know, and furthermore, he always tells us the truth, which is, I think, another evidence of somebody who's not trustworthy when they don't tell you the truth. Right. He was, he's always true to his word, which, like you said, that's another thing. So if someone is going to not, if they say, this is what I'm going to do, and then they don't do that for you, then, I mean, obviously, if someone dies or in the hospital, there's extenuating circumstances. And, and certainly, there's got to be balance. We can't expect people to be perfect because no mm-hmm. one's perfect. Yeah. And we can forgive things, and we can work through small blunders. But when a person proves to be, across the board, uh, untrustworthy in several different areas, then we have to really look at that and go, okay, I can love them, I can minister to them, I can be their friend, but I can't really be an intimate friend because I can't trust them. Can't put my heart in their hands. Uh, Brad, I want to zero in on this area of people who find it difficult to trust. It seems to me... Uh, that uh, for some people it's real easy to trust and we open our hearts to almost anybody. Uh, But for some folks, uh, maybe we were not taught to trust or maybe we were taught not to trust specifically. What do you say to a person who says, I really have a hard time trusting anybody? I'm I'm just a little bit shy of paranoid. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, we need to explore in someone, and certainly as we do extensive counseling with someone, we're going to help them identify where that came from. And very frequently, Don, as you know, it's going to come from early in their childhood, usually, mm-hmm. uh, a primary caretaker, and I use that term because many people are raised by, they're adopted or they're raised by grandparents or whatever, but the primary caretakers in that person's life were not trustworthy. They would say mm-hmm. one thing yeah. and do another. Uh, they would lie to them, and they were not trustworthy. And, you know, by title, we think, well, mom dad, brother, sister, grandmother, grandfather, by title alone, we would we look at those names and we say, well, those should be trustworthy people. We have to remember it's just because they should be doesn't necessarily mean they are. 
And so we certainly go straight to their relationship with the Lord and encourage them to build and begin to build and study Scripture on trust and begin to confess trusting the Lord and begin to take situations that they can begin to trust the Lord in and also understand that our uh, inability to trust human beings will bleed over into our relationship with God. If people can't trust anybody in their life and if they struggle with trusting, then they're also going to struggle with trusting God. And that makes some people mad, or they hear that, and they're like, oh, no, 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 I trust God. Hmm. Well, and that's all in degrees. One of the scales I use is 0 to 100, and I could use a 1 to 10, but 0 to 100 is so much bigger, it gives us a lot more room to move around in. Range (laughs) there, yes, that's a big range. And I would say wherever you put yourself on that, somebody may say, oh, yeah, I trust in God, okay, perfectly, Uh, no, okay, good. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to say, I if you're God saying you trust God perfectly, if you say you're at 100 on the scale of trusting God, we suspect denial. Right. I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, there might be a little problem with denial there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so I'll say, okay, nobody trusts God 100% of the time on 100% of different issues. Now, sometimes people, it's easier for them to trust God with their finances, but it's harder for them to trust God with their uh, relationships, maybe. Mm, yeah. uh, but different areas, and, and that'll also be impacted by a person's upbringing. But I tell people, I don't care where you're at on the trust scale. If you think you're a 98, again, probably some denial, but great. Increase your ability to trust God. You want to continually, That I think that's an area of growth as Christians we want to mm-hmm. continually stretch. I want to trust God more in 10 years than I do today. Uh, Mary is the name we'll use for our next caller. She is listening in Petal, Mississippi, over AFR. Good evening, Mary. How can we help? Well, I've just had a lot of trouble with men. They tell me they love me and everything, and then it just doesn't prove true. They cheat on me and lie to me. Yeah. Let's talk to Brad Fairchild. Brad, uh, you have some thoughts to share with Mary. I do. Mary, thank you so much for calling, and I hear your pain, I hear your hurt, and one of the things that we've not really talked about yet a lot, and that is how that broken trust can bring so much pain and depression and anxiety and fear and on and on and on into a person's life, and and, uh, it sounds like you're in the middle of that right now, Mary, and so we appreciate you calling and and reaching out. One of the things, there's there's two responses I hear uh, people have when it comes to continuous broken relationships and, and being taken advantage of and being hurt by people. One is they walk away with the conclusion that, well, something must be wrong with me. Uh, you know, I don't get it. Something, I don't, you know, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, and then it, it turns into kind of a self-condemning and beat up on yourself, and, and it just all that does is fuel depression and anxiety and fear and make the pain worse. The other response that we call people to and encourage people to do is to be able to say, you know, I may have something to learn about choosing people a little better, and I can grow in that area. And there's material out there. One book that comes to mind is a book called Safe People by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Mm -hmm. And in the book Safe People, it really... Uh, teaches people and lays out, here's what a safe person looks like, here's how you can identify a safe person, uh, here's what unsafe people, and then the whole concept of, of boundaries, and again, that's got to be taken in balance. Don and I were talking about boundaries earlier, and boundaries can be taken overboard, and we just build these big walls up around mm. us and don't yeah. let anybody in, and certainly that's not the heart of mm. boundaries. 
the book or the concept, but certainly being able to say uh, say no to people, uh, having the power and the ability to say no to people and to uh, to, to keep the unsafe people uh, out of our heart and out of our lives. And, you know, when you go into a relationship, you're asking the question, can I trust this person with my heart? And if you don't really know very well how to decipher that or how to figure that out, then some some books can be helpful on that, possibly even counseling. Sometimes Christian counseling can be, uh, uh, certainly is an option, and sometimes people are at that point where they're like, you know, I need to go to counseling and and get a counselor to help walk me through that process and figure that out over a period of a few months. Those are some thoughts and some ideas, Mary. Yeah, and Mary, I just want you to know we have a prayer team of folks who will be praying for you and asking God to give you the strength. And I, I really would just uh, underscore that recommendation that Brad made, the book Safe People, uh, I think could give you a lot of insight into who to trust and who not to trust. And the main thing is for you to find your significance in the person of Jesus Christ and your relationship with him and not from these other folks. Let me ask you this, Mary. Have you come to a place in your life where you've personally trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Okay. I'm so glad to hear that you have. And uh, we just uh, want to pray for you right now and ask God to give you strength. Brad, would you lead us in prayer for Mary? Yes, I would. Lord, I, we lift up Mary, and I just pray that you would uh, intervene in her life, Lord, that you would give her wisdom, that this would be a starting point on her having breakthrough after breakthrough and victory in this area of her life. Lord, I pray you would encourage her heart, that you would wrap your loving arms around her and minister to her, encourage her, strengthen her, and bless her, Lord. Protect her. Hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Becca Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.